Okay, I'm sitting here with the fabulous Ava DuVernay. Hi, Justin. Hi, Ava. How are you? Well, let's get into it. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. Your own podcast. Introductions. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Love it. First of all, this is all in the elaborate rooms just to hang out with you, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm you. happy that you're here. I'm so happy to be I'm here. Happy that you're here. I'm really like so. I just took a tour for everybody listening of the Array Campus compound, and like I saw it in Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> the, the gram. But nothing prepared me. Mm. I mean, it's really special. Mm. You know, it's special. I I feel that it's special, and I feel grateful every time I come here. I'm shooting in New York right now. Yeah, prepping to shoot, and uh, this is I, Central Park Five. You're Central shooting. Park Five, and yeah. I literally have been flying myself back almost every weekend because wow. I miss this space so much. It's like it's the only. I mean, the thing that's so cool is that you are you're not only doing the kind of work that I love just as a filmmaker and as an audience member but you're like building you're building you're like empire building you know what I mean like you're not just out here like taking jobs it's like it's it's well, really it's inspiring oh I appreciate it um I just uh, like to have a place to call home and yeah. I think that you know I don't feel at home in this industry yeah I don't feel like there is an easy place for us I feel like we've all had to make that place yeah and so really to look at the people who came before us and the folks that, you know, did it in different ways, they had a sense of space and place. And we just don't have that. Um, and you, you, had know. that you had that with the with the DuVernay agency, too. You think so? I thought, well, from my... Well, now we're going into publicist talk. Do people my, know we're talking... Talk, we, this is two publicists. <laughs> Do you still think that way? So so b- folks don't know, but Justin was a really... He worked in the field of publicity. We it's both true. worked in movie publicity. We met yeah. in publicity before we were even... I was even thinking about making films. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that we're both... It's really strange it, it's nice. to sit across from you. Well, it really is the first movie I ever worked on at Focus Features was something new. And DuVernay agency was hired to do the publicity yes. stephanie elaine was one of the executive it was weird yes. it was like the whole circle yeah the people yeah. that i would continue to work with yeah i met on that first project yeah. but i don't know yeah to me it seemed like you were always building you like where did the the entrepreneurial i guess spirit come from because not every we don't all have that like not yeah. everybody comes in here like okay I got to make Let a space. Figure out how this, yeah. yeah. I think it could come from my father, mm. um, who d- never worked for anyone the whole my whole life. He had clients, he had customers, he had a small carpet and flooring business. Yeah. Um, and God rest his beautiful soul. And he would wake up every morning with his truck, his tools on his truck, and go out there and make a way for himself. Wow. And, you know, he would pick and choose who he worked for. And I would hear him say, oh, this person is too, asked too many questions or is, is too high maintenance. All money's not good money. Yeah. And, um, um, but he, you know, he didn't take it. He didn't have a check every Friday. And, yeah. you know, he didn't have all the health insurance, but he um, he was his own man and he was able to decide what he was going to do with his day. And mm-hmm. sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But ultimately, I really saw someone who supported us who didn't have a traditional job yeah. in the sense that he had his own business. So I always knew that was possible yeah. for me. Uh, and, you know, immediately when I left, you know, because I stopped being an assistant, I mean, it was really, you know, that, that's a pretty major balls to say. Yeah. You're a junior publicist and now you're going to jump and start your own agency. Yeah. But sometimes us, you know, when we're working in these spaces, um, we know that we haven't been 
promoted properly. Correct. We know we're doing a whole bunch more than what our title or what mm-hmm. our compensation says we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And I definitely knew that. My father taught taught me that. He would say to me, gosh, how much business are you bringing in for them? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a junior publicist, but I was like a brand new full publicist. But I was functioning as a architect for these campaigns around black and brown people yeah. because the people there didn't know how to do it. Mm. So I'm bringing I, in. I don't know what you're talking about. You definitely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm bringing in all this business because they're attracted to the, you know, the there's a black publicist there who can do yeah. these black and brown movies. Yeah. And the place that I am doesn't know how to do the black and brown movies. So I'm bringing in all these business. I'm designing these campaigns with some really brilliant people there. But I knew I had, I knew something they didn't. Know. Yeah, and so I decided to break off and start my own agency. I was 27 years old, and immediately when I hung my shingle, I walked out of the door with several clients, and then the clients just started to pour in because there was no one There's doing it. There's nobody else doing it. There was no one doing it, and um, and so we on the east on the west west coast. It was a great place called uh, Jackie. You know Jackie Bazan mm-hmm. on the of east course. coast. Yeah. So she was doing it on the east coast, and I really modeled. You know, I knew that there was a possibility of a place for me because of her her space. Right. And, and for those and, who don't know, Jackie Bazan is a, an, another famed publicist. Famous publicist, yeah, yeah. Who, who sort of specializes, uh, you know, for us. Yeah, for press. us. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just, you know, the black press. It's like all press on yeah. behalf of black predominantly films. black films. Predominantly yeah. black films. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's what's honestly what I'm so grateful for about that is because, you know, just by nature of being black in this country, not all of us grow up where the generation before us, you know, had the wherewithal to model entrepreneurship or or to model, you know, business making. Mm -hmm. And so for those of us that didn't get that opportunity, for me, it is really something to walk through a space like this because I'm getting it now. Mm. Like you're modeling it for me now. Mm. I remember I remember you I was I really was like a brand spanking new assistant Mm. when I first met you. Mm. And it was several years later. Mm. You knew my name. Mm. You knew where I worked. Mm. And you were like, well, what are you up to? Mm. And like, just the fact that your mind was connecting those dots in a way that, like, me, lowly little Justin, mm. you know, a little black boy <laughs> in the midst of a sea of white, you know, right. besides Adrian, Adrian Bolt, right. who was head of right. uh, Focus Publicity at the time. I, that was just really impressive to me because I could see you putting the network together in your head. I mean, how important is that to you, like fostering well, other people? I don't even think of it as a network. I think of it as family. I yeah. think, you know, kind of like the, you know, uh, mainstream white patriarchy allow- makes us think of it as network, mm. as something that's kind of corporate or business driven. But, you know, really that's just family. Yeah. Really it's looking in, and passing you. I remember passing you, going into a meeting with Adrian and passing this young black man at the desk and being like, oh, who's that? Yeah. Because you were like all of a sudden there and different from everybody else and being interested in who you were just remembering the name um, it's like oh that's family right there I wonder what what he's up to and just always kind of ticking that off and remembering it and you know it's really beautiful what's happened right now and it's really come to me from people on the outside who recognize that we are all kind of tribe mm-hmm. look at you and Lena and Issa and you know Gina and Shonda and uh, that we all touch each other in some way yeah there's intersections when you pull out and look at all of our histories the fact that you and i knew each other the mm-hmm. fact that i knew lena separately yeah. from you i know i didn't even know you two knew each other right right you know the, the right. my my relationship with shonda my relationship relationship with Issa, my relationship with gina my relationship relationship with ryan my relationship with uh terrence and so like yeah. uh, the ways that we all touch each other you know, I don't know anyone that's making work right now, really, in, in, who's black, mm-hmm. who 
one of us doesn't know them. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, uh, you know, somehow we can get to them. Is There is not a lot of degrees of separation for all of us. And right. I think that's really beautiful because I can't say that it's always been the case. No. You know, when we look back at the history and I talk to people about, you know, even, even you know, what it was like in the early, uh, you know, uh, early 2000s before we were all sure. doing it. Or let make my first film until 2008, 10, yeah, right? Yeah. In the 90s, in the 80s. You know, there were different pops of groups that stayed together, like fits L.A. And Rebellion. Yeah, fits and starts. But in terms of like a whole bunch of people who knew and and the and the and the posture being supporting each other. Yes, you know, you're right. The posture being supporting because you were one of the first people that really made me feel seen just by remembering who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, because most people saw me as the role that I played in the industry, mm-hmm. but you know, deep inside, I know I'm all these other things. Right. And just you remembering my name, it made me feel seen. Yeah. And when people talk about representation to me, I don't. For people who get to grow up and always feel represented right. and always feel seen, I don't think they realize how transformative it is just to feel seen, mm. just to walk into a movie theater and mm. see your experience on the screen mm. or to have somebody high up in the industry remember who they are. Mm. Like that can change a person's life. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you seem to know that. <laughs> mm. That's beautiful to hear. I think it's true. And I think if there's anything that um, I've done to make people feel seen or included or to even start to set it off like, y'all, we're family. This is family. Yeah. Um, you know, in every speech that I make, in every interview that I do, I just try to be intentional about saying other people's names. Yes. And I've done that since the very, very first film, I Will Follow, that we distributed through what was then Affirm and is now Array, was about a whole bunch of people getting together to distribute that film. And then let's find another filmmaker and distribute that film. And so, you know, that started in 2008 and 2010. And there's some filmmakers and folks who want to stay kind of outside of that. But there's a lot of people who have kind of embraced the idea yes. of, okay, I'm going to say everybody name and I'm going to show my friends and I'm going to bring more people into it and I think I took those cues from uh, from Haile Garima and Julie Dash mm-hmm. and Charles Burnett and the LA Rebellion and saw the way they all stuck together we always hear this idea of tribe through kind of like the white male quote-unquote legendary filmmakers great filmmakers and, and lovely with, men with Scorsese the Spielberg and De Palma Scorsese and, De Palma yeah. Coppola I just watched the Spielberg documentary yes. on the plane it's just like you see them all together and it's They're like wow out. they were all in a room hanging out in the 70s giving notes giving notes <laughs> oh, you going from the godfather to you know mm-hmm. this and you're giving notes to each other and it's like George I think you should have uh, John Williams do the school yeah and, you know like E.T. And, and all this stuff is being done at the same time but we're doing that yes. and so to say that we never had those models in the black and brown spaces we have yes they just haven't been amplified by the mainstream and so to look and say that we had that in the la rebellion we had that in the harlem renaissance you know around the spike time when you look at all of the the filmmakers he's really inspired me in terms of crews Mm -hmm. and you and i have talked Mm -hmm. about crews Mm -hmm. and really Mm -hmm. inclusive crews but like ruth carter's coming out of his camp and ernest dickerson's coming out of his camp and you know hh cooper's coming out of his camp and just like from production designers to ad's to composers to you know terrence Blanchard, all of the people who were working around just the film itself, you know, this idea of tribe is super, super big with me. And we have that. And I think the audience feels it. And it feels like, you know, that's why, you know, I don't like the idea of this is a renaissance and this is a a new era trend. It's like, no, we're just going to be like, this is a continuum that it's been covered up a little bit. continues going like, yeah, but it never stopped. It never stopped, yeah. and but it, there's fits and starts, and it wanes, but now it feels really strong, and it feels like every year it gets stronger. Why do you think there's been a hesitancy to, quote, say other people's names? 
oh, that's how we've, I mean, that's the system that we're in. We, 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 we work in an mm-hmm. industry that is founded upon the tenets of a birth of a nation. Yeah. That film is the first, that, that's what our whole industry is built on top of yes. that racist, skewed, biased foundation, if you even break down the images themselves. But then also, you know, all of the architecture that's been put on top of the image, all of the systems that lock the story in place. That's what we do at Array. Yeah. You know, we're saying a lot of people talk about storytelling, storytelling, and, and the director, and the writers, and actors in front of the camera. Oh, you know, you've made films. You have a series, hit, hit, dope ass series, critically acclaimed, incredible, should be Emmy nominated series. Honey, you too. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know that there's dozens of departments under those top yes. positions, and those are all biased and skewed, yes. and those are unions, and those are little, 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 little groups and cliques of people that don't allow other people in. So the idea that the whole industry, and then you go into the executive suites, then you go into the critical community, yeah. then you go into the festival heads and the festival programmers and you start to look at all of the the the, the pieces that are around the story it becomes pedestrian yes. of us and Pede- re- pedestrian of us uh. to only think about the director mm. and t- getting to tell their story that's right. why i'm really now you know i am looking at you know what there are huge pieces to the system right it's like you get one prisoner out of jail one it, filmmaker it tells their so story, many things. but I, I think no. One prisoner so? out of jail, one prisoner out of prison, right? And that one story is lovely. Mm. We need to change the system around it. That's what I was talking about in Thirteenth. We need to look at the systems that yeah. lock us in place because a long time, lots of times, we've been celebrating Ava and Justin and Lena and Shonda and Spike and Gina and Casey and one by one, and that's fantastic. But at what point are we going to say, yes, part of our tribe is that we're looking at the systems that surround us. We are anomalies that have broken through a yeah. system as luck. much we're as lucky. we've been. Yeah, but we're, we're but strong and we pushed though, it through. Yeah, right word. but there, in order to make sure that it is truly hundreds more in an in a industry of thousands, we need to start addressing systems. And there are systems around us, you and me right now, that prevent there to be a larger opening where we're no longer an anomaly, that this becomes the norm and that there's true balance and parity, mm-hmm. right? And well, I think that's beautiful because, you know, look, I'll talk about it for myself. When yeah. the Emmy nominations came out, right. <laughs> there's a lot of beautiful, deserving people that are in that that mm-hmm. are in that list. There's a lot of beautiful, deserving people that are not in that list. But it reminded me that Hollywood is not a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. America, it's showing America to mm-hmm. meritocracy. Mm-hmm. It's not about the hardest and it's not about the best. Mm-hmm. It's about that somewhat. But it really is what you said. It's about the system. It's about the architecture. It's about the thing that puts it all together. And I'm going to go even further back than Birth of a Nation to the silent era. Because mm-hmm. those first movies were minstrel. They was all, it was blackface. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. was popping back then. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this relationship that we've always had with entertainment where it's like, this is our way in. But we're only going to give you, you know, a percentage of what you've made for us. And it's only going to be in this lane. And you have to be like outstanding one of a kind like kill yourself talented mm-hmm. in order to even get a shot mm-hmm. you're that's the thing that that's we're up against yeah for that's sure I mean right now yeah I mean there's it's you know we're, we're talking about a lot so a lot of that stuff 
you know, looking at the systems around the story and the systems around the storyteller that allows it to, to stay in kind of a one a year gets the mm-hmm. shine and that we don't have this rush of filmmakers that we're seeing our white male counterparts, are, you know, dozens and dozens a year getting that shine. You know, this year it's Boots. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, last year it was it was Jordan. Yep. The year before that, it was very, you know what I mean? The year yep. before that was me. The year before yep. that, it was it's like, OK. And then sometimes we get really excited because there's two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then mm-hmm. huh, three. Oh, yeah. oh no. What's oh. happening? There's three of them. I, and it's like, really, y'all? Because I'm watching, you know, our, our very loved and lovely white boys come in in dozens and dozens a year, new ones. Well, and so we really have to this look is, at the balance and the quantity and look at check ourselves Yeah. in terms of when you talk about what kinds of things. I saw a film on the plane just coming just, just this morning, last uh-huh. night. <laughs> Child, I looked at this and I said, you know, Boots, in order to get, I mean, that film is unlike anything people have seen. Yes. Okay. It has to be that in order to get what it's getting. Yes. Whereas this other film that I watched that got a whole bunch, like a few months ago, was on the plane. I was like, it's huh. good, you know. It's cute. It's cool. That's cute. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your voice goes up a little. <laughs> you know, but it's just like, you know, the, the opportunity to be. The, the access the, and, the, and the space to just tell a small, simple story. Mm-hmm. Do we have to be setting the world on fire every single see, time? That's what I think is so special about you because you have the audacity to do that. You know, like your first films are intimate intimate affairs and they're so beautiful yeah, and i had to self-distribute them yes i know and well okay, <laughs> you know, okay. not self but collectively so, distribute through a firm so listen no nobody was going to put them out all right girl hold on for a second we got to take a break and be right back you are listening to don't at me On the newest episode of Nocturne, KCRW's podcast about the night. Can you hear that? Can you hear the hum? I woke her up and I said to the wife, can you hear this noise? And she's like, what noise? And she couldn't hear it. It's like a truck engine idling. And when you open the door to see that truck, it's not there. All over the world, people are kept awake by a low-frequency sound with no explanation. That's on the latest Nocturne, wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you do when it doesn't work, <laughs> when it doesn't happen the way it's happening for your white counterparts? You mm-hmm. know, what do you do when you make an amazing film and it's like, OK, well, where's the marketing? Where's the PR? Mm-hmm. Where's the distributor? Mm-hmm. What do you do in those spaces, in those moments? I think for me, um, you know, I haven't had any film that I feel wasn't well marketed because, you know, I'm a marketer and a pub- publicist and I keep my... <laughs> <laughs> I keep my nose in it. Um, I keep my nose in it. I think for me, you know, even when I'm Queen Sugar, I've never mourned its lack of Emmys. Mm. I've never mourned its lack of Emmys. In my mind, I thought if we do this film right, it'll never get an Emmy. Mm. If we yeah. really do it, and you do your show right, I call them films. These are just stories. Film yeah. stories, right? Mm-hmm. If you do your series right, I mean, you're doing your series. Not to say that, I mean, look, I've got Emmys. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean I didn't do them right because I got the Emmys, but there's something about a film that really speaks to people that are not centered in a, in, you know, that it's hard for people who are centered to see it fully. Yes. And I could go into it. It would be somewhat controversial to talk about some of the black films that have been super successful in the last few years 
that appeal to people who are not black. A little more digestible to the quote unquote general audience. Or made for them. Yes. Um, And that's fine. But then they experience like Selma, for example, Mm -hmm. that film is made for a general audience. Now you have a black filmmaker in there. I'm in there trying to. My intention was to make it for black people. Mm -hmm. The studio's intention is to make it for everybody, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Wrinkle, my intention is to make it so it's really speaking to black and brown Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. The studio's intention is that it speaks to everybody. You, Those those kinds of, you know, trying to make these hybrid things are a part of what we do. But when I make Queen Sugar, I'm speaking to... Negroes. Yes. And I'm talking to my mom. O-E-S. (laughs) That is who I am meaning, the coloreds. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm not even thinking about it. I don't even have to say don't at me. The whole conversation is is real. But the network that I'm on allows me, I really said, I want to make something that is just very, very gets in the specificity Mm. of black familial life. Not even in the South, just black families. Mm -hmm. And that in the same way that Six Feet Under wants to do that for white families and and Friday Night Lights wants to do that for white white families and every show I've watched growing up for years and years does that for white families, I just want to do it for black families. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be setting the world on fire. It doesn't have to be hip-hop music. Nobody needs to be carrying a gun. There doesn't have to be a mystery. There doesn't have to be action. Like, literally, sometimes I watched Queen Sugar the other day. We were in our editing rooms here, and I was like, damn, this whole episode is about seed cane. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, seed cane. And advised pies. We've been waiting for the sea canes yes but you know what but that's what's so entertaining that's what's so radical about it a high number for own that's that that Mm -hmm. week and twitter it's trending top of twitter just because you want to see people interacting and just being normal and it's not setting the world on fire it's just the mundane and the beauty and the everyday well here's here's my thing too you know this last emmy go around where i have to say you know i'm 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 so over them though i'm I'm, you know i'm getting there are you okay this that that particular morning <laughs> because I, you know, we really made a go for it. We did, um, and and it isn't just about me. There, there are some people on that show that are just doing the I best know. in the industry's work. I know, but something really good happened. What? I would say what? because my my give a fuck kind of short circuited that morning. <laughs> right, it really did. Good. It really did, and and I sort of felt like, well, how freeing would it be? To go into my third season and not give a fuck yes. about the Emmys. Yes. F-U-C-K. It's a podcast. Yeah. I can say it. Yeah. David didn't say it. I said it, Mom. Yes. My mom really <laughs> hates when I cuss. Okay. My, my mom does, too. My mom does, too. Dr. Simeon, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, like, it really, I, I think that's so beautiful for people to hear because it is a mainstream kind of recognition that yeah. we don't really have control over yet because yeah. of these systems that you were talking about. Yeah. But, but we just have to free ourselves from it. Yes. And I'll say, honestly, you know, because of my publicity background mm-hmm. and having done Emmy campaigns, yeah. and I've talked about this, I was on record like six months before the Oscars, because we were the Oscars before that made Oscars So White start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was on record six months before saying, I won't get a nomination because I know my branch, mm-hmm. right? First of all, it, it, it was never going to happen out of my branch, right? Yeah. The director's branch. But my heart broke for David. Oh, yellow wall, right? And so my campaigning, I was out hard for that film. Right. For David. I wanted him to have it so bad. And yeah. that's when my moment that you just said yeah. happened, right? Mm-hmm. Where my break in, you want this for him. Your GAF, your GAF that's circuit. That's right. <laughs> I just, at my, my circuit for that, just... That, that, that my my award would have been him getting it. Yeah. 
And when that didn't happen, something broke in me. I remember sitting there at the Oscars and watching Legend and Common get up and do and and literally we we had gone to every award show. Yeah, I mean Globes, nominations yes. galore, yes. Yes. SAG, uh, broadcast, film critics, producers, everything. We're yeah. gonna uh, everything. We had Best Picture nomination. We had the song nomination. But David didn't get anything. No cast got anything. And we're sitting in those things. You got the frozen smile on. And I remember, you know, the only thing out of some that would ever win was john was, mm, was johnny mm-hmm, and rasheed mm-hmm, common mm-hmm. And, and legend yeah and um and the whole cast would be sitting around like, <laughs> <laughs> glory <laughs> right and so they kicked it up and we were very happy for them but something just broke in me like when i was at the oscars that year and i had worked on all those campaigns and taken so many actors down that carpet and i finally had walked that carpet and i was sitting there and i've talked about this i remember sitting there thinking looking around and thinking this is just a room with people dressed up mm. this, this is just a room with a whole bunch of white folk dressed up and everybody just wants to win this thing right yeah. and I am part of the Academy. I sit in those new member meetings every year. I mean, we had a, a record number Which, this year. Which, by the year. way, congratulations, sir. I was happy to, yes, <laughs> yes, but um, the new member right here. And, you know, I've had conversations with some filmmakers who have said, oh, you shouldn't be spending your time on that. Just focus on Array. But I do I, I do spend a little bit of time on those new members. Mm-hmm. But I think the numbers, even though it'll take us years to ever part get to balance, system, though, it's, it's important it. to do because it's recognized around the world as a mark of excellence for better or for worse. Yes. But the bottom line is, I keep it in perspective. Mm-hmm. I do not believe I'll ever get one. And I kind of dig that i don't believe no that. but because i don't care you know what i mean when i, I say know, when i say I, I don't care about it i just want to say it to you i know it because this is a conversation between me and you yes when you can free yourself i mean literally when i won those two emmys for 13th mm. i was like i was so far in that mind state of this doesn't matter to my process yes. anymore i did not want this that it felt like the nice cherry on top yes. like it was like Wow, this is nice. This mm-hmm. is gonna look. My mom's gonna be really happy. But it it wasn't a. My identity is not around that. Yeah. It's part of what you know, Lena. I don't want people to identify her so much with that. It was mm-hmm. a historic, huge yes. thing that happened. But she is so 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 much more than that well, because she will be known we will forget all the stuff that that sister's we'll about to do it. that will be a blip on the radar yeah, yeah. of what she's supposed to do and yes it is catapulted her into a larger consciousness but i am excited for all the things she wants to do and i don't even want people to like the first black woman thing i've got so many of those mm. and and it's it's somewhat easy to say it's like okay well you can say it because you have it but i'm just saying whether you have that or you don't have that and before I had any of it, I was just happy with the idea of sitting with black people, releasing my little rusty, dusty $50,000 film mm-hmm. at black film festivals around the country for black people to see the images that I made for them. Yeah. And just the joy in making the work with the crew of people that you love, making the images and telling the story that you want, and then getting a chance to show them to an audience that you've cultivated 
there's not one thing in those rooms mm-hmm. or that a gold man can give you that feels that good. When people walk up to you on the street now, Justin, like that I mean, that's something to me. I get uh, we get to wake up every morning right. as filmmakers that people know by face and people walk up to you and tell you what dear white people mean to them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yes, we have to prioritize that well, over, what you're describing, over these things that really are driven by who your distributor is, distributor is, who your network is, how much money, and how much you're not l- really offending the the majority of whatever mm, voting body is yes. out there. You know what I'm well, saying? What you're describing is moving. Is this the... going to go on air? Listen, should, all is of there it. Editing? Can let, I take a pass at listen, this before it, it let, it's broadcast? You'll listen, but I don't think you should cut anything out. The children Lord. need to hear it. But Ava, here's the thing: you're describing moving the sort of nexus of power from the outside to the inside. I'm 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 describing moving the level of our appreciation mm-hmm. and our validation from the outside yes. to the inside. And, that and I, placing as much value on the woman that walks up to you mm-hmm. and says, oh my gosh, I love dear white people. Let me tell you, it's my favorite thing and it meant these, this to me and such and such and such. Yeah. And the, the little boy who runs up to me in Harlem as I'm scouting just this week mm. tackles me around. Little black boy. Little sweetie, little brownie. I can see his arms around, feel his arms around me right now. And I look down on his, to his little face. Yeah. And he just says, you're the wrinkle in time lady. Uh, right? And to, see, to, I want to people place to hear value that. on I want, these things. I want people to hear that because, you know, we grew up in a system where we, we are, we brought up, we're taught to look up to the system. And it's really hard Mentally, we talk about it and people can get it in the mind, but in the body, we still want it to get over the things that we're taught to want. I mean, I, I don't want pe- it. I think people need to hear what you just said, my I love. Don't want I just don't want it's it real. anymore. I just don't want it anymore. You know, when I was out doing 13th publicity for Netflix, mm-hmm. I was shooting Wrinkle at the same time. And I told them I am out campaigning to amplify the information in 13th. 13th is one of the most important films I've ever seen. But thank you. But my. But, but, and because of what it has to say, not because of the awards and because right, and it's because beautifully made and all that, but what it has, has to, to say. say. And so my publicity campaign, and when you see me out, you know, I've really tried to, you know, as publicists, we know that whole awards press hmm. I see as an amplification of a conversation around your film or your piece so all that work that you did around their white people right mm-hmm. you know I I see it as you, you could be doing it to, to you know to become be aware Emmy voters to be aware yeah but it also had you in a, as a part of a conversation that brought eyeballs to your show which well, that's is your the ulti- real intention that's the real point right? of it all yeah and so these campaigns as we participate in them and we walk these carpets and we do these interviews I just am always thinking maybe five more people will watch my show from this interview. That's all it's about for and me, too. And that's all it's, you know what I yes, mean? And absolutely. That's all about, but they get you tied up in this thing of, like, I never, voters. So I, never, I don't do any of it. I never wanted it until it was a possibility, I have to say. I know, but My I, favorite I, filmmakers, they they went to their graves without with Oscars. Nothing. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I, so I kind of feel like it's a little... It's a little rite of passage. Look, not I got have. you for two more minutes. So I'm just going to ask you really quick. Central Park 5, it looks dope as hell. Thank you. What's going on? What you want to tell me about it? It's a, you know, it's a really incredible story that was, has never been properly told. Because right. at the time, in 1989, these boys were voiceless and their families were voiceless. They, you know, what, what, what the media and what everyone heard about what happened mm-hmm. was um, was parroted, was, was coming through other people's voices. Yeah. The press and Donald Trump 
Trump and the New York PD about what had happened. Yes. And even afterward, when they were exonerated, that was a blip on the radar of the press. No one, many people in New York still think they're guilty and still in prison, right? And so the idea that this thing could finally give them voice and through giving them voice you give voice to all kinds of people who have mm-hmm. been unjustly well the orange maniac that is running our country ran an ad against these these boys yes they? yes called for their execution of yeah. black black and brown boys at the ages of 14 and 15 and so so anyway we're working on that in new york right now <laughs> and um, amazing casting announcements coming out yes yeah, some really beautiful um folks coming around it so yeah it's hard to be away from home but it feels good to be doing something that that means something thank you so much for your time ava i I'm a I, Gosh, I feel like this wasn't a good interview. I feel like all I this, did was grouchy. Honey, I have a lot of hope and a all, lot of Ava, there's a lot of beauty and joy. Ava, I hope I wasn't just complaining. Here's the deal. I didn't hear any complaints. Okay. I was poured into today. I needed every word that you I needed every word that you said. So no matter what happens, can I, I just needed say, this. <laughs> can I just say this? Yes, please. When you look at the Instagram the grid of all those black people that got the Emmy nominations, yes. we celebrate them and yes. we and we we raise our fists like Issa Rae and Hell say yes. root for everybody Hell black. Yes. <laughs> Hell everybody yes. black. Come on, Atlanta. But 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 when it gets down to it. People that are engaging with your work and people that will engage with your work, they're not really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Focused That's on not those what it is. things. That's not what it was for me when I wasn't in the business. Yeah, you're yeah. not thinking about that. No. Those people, they're not thinking. The people that we make our work for are not thinking about those things. Yeah. And so they're not even watching it. <laughs> they're not people... even watching it according to the ratings information. Oh, oh, so, okay. I mean, we might want to. That's a good. Black lobby, people so. ain't watching Emmys or no, the Oscars. No. Dig into the ratings. We are not watching. Them. Really quick, how can people get involved in Array? Like what? Like if people want to learn more about what you guys are doing here, ArrayNow. Yeah. Com, um, but also just follow us on Twitter at ArrayNow okay. and uh, Instagram at ArrayNow. And everybody listening is already following you. But how uh, how do we find you on Twitter if we have it already? Well, We've been living under a rock. It's just like Madonna. <laughs> It's just Ava. Come on. It's just A-V-A. <laughs> I won't tell you how I acquired those handles. But well, that's the, that's the sequel. That's the next, uh, that's the next Ava interview. Ava Twitter and Instagram. But I am proud of you. I'm proud of you. I am. I'm so inspired by you. I'm inspired by you. I love what you're doing. I remember when you first said, I know we were wrapping up, but I remember when you first did Dear White People, you're the first filmmaker that I know personally mm. that took a film and made it into a series. You've yeah. done something that none of us have done. All of us made our first films but to be able to recognize oh okay there's more story to tell and i'm going to embrace this medium and do i remember when i was like oh wow he's making a series out of that how's that gonna work (laughs) uh yeah isn't it weird now people some people just think it's the series i know so people are like wait there's a movie movie? oh (laughs) isn't that incredible it's amazing isn't that incredible it's really amazing too to see characters like lionel become types now right i see lionels all over tv right and when i was growing up god i wanted a lionel so bad that's right look at you listen you're doing the same thing i have i have a list of things to, to praise and we ask you about. We didn't even talk but, about. But honey, we got into the we got into the tea, and that's what that's what don't, don't at me is all about. Part two next time. I love you so much. Congrats on the new Lionsgate deal. Thank you. Congrats Mogul. on like Mogul. Girl, I'm trying to I'm trying to get a, a an eighth of what's going on over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, Ava. Talk to you soon. Oh. Bye. Yay! Fun. I would like to thank. Producer Gina Dalvac, recording engineers Phil Richards and Ray Warner, my boo, baby daddy, head of programming, Gary Scott. Special thanks to Vishnu Vallabhanani. 
please subscribe, please, on Apple Podcasts or your app of choice. That's where you can think piece me. The show's over, so add away. I'm at jsim07, and I'm Justin Simeon. You've been listening to Don't At Me from the one and only KCRW.